Almost. Wait. <laughs> Almost. Wait. Wait a second. Is it? Uh, <laughs> it's Christmas, right? Huh? <laughs> something. Something like Eight that. Days. Eight days. Eight, Eight shopping days, days left, guys. Ooh, boy. And way well, too seven, late to order on Amazon. Seven, yeah, technically. <laughs> How are you guys doing oh, with man. your Christmas shopping? You got everything done? You guys ready? Uh, oh, I got to get started on that. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I know for my family, we're doing a, well, we were supposed to do a, a sibling gift exchange thing. We all get secret Santas, all the siblings Ooh, okay. in my family. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of fun, but uh, this year, unfortunately, because of COVID, um, we're not all going to be able to get together. So it's been decreed that we're going to ship these Secret Santa presents out to everybody else. And um, okay. that kind of came a little bit late. And so I just kind of realized today, I'm like, oh, God, I got to get that in the mail. Yeah. How is the, uh, who's the Who is the keeper of the the true dispersal of the Secret Santas? Is that mom? Uh, that would be elfster.com. Oh, there's a website. Don't mean, okay. Yeah, I don't mean to give a plug for them because they're kind of. Uh, you love it. <laughs> Ad it, supported, it maybe. It Ad works. Supported. It mm-hmm. definitely. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Elster, join our growing team of sponsors. <laughs> join LegalZoom. <laughs> it's LegalZoom and Elster dot com. Still waiting on those checks. It's actually the same company. <laughs> yeah, right. LegalZoom powered by Elster. <laughs> <laughs> well. Well, boys, yeah. So holidays coming up. We got our holiday extravaganza yeah. coming up next week. You a guys, gonza. I have yeah. a gonza. Gonza. Love it. Gonza. Love it. Love it. Gonza. <laughs> we all have our gifts purchased for each other, I assume. Oh, oh. my goodness. Yeah. After that gift guide? Are you kidding me? Oh, yeah. yeah. That's right. Yeah. Speaking of which, <laughs> shh, I had to order some of those. Mm. <laughs> yeah. If you hear Nick furiously typing throughout yeah. the episode, now you know why. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How they're, much? They're, ah! they're already sold out of those homegrown rolling paper, rolling papers, Nick. So. Son of a gang. Yeah. That's the one thing I asked for this Gotta year. Gotta get some galoshes. Galoshes. Are those custom records still sold out? Oh, I yeah. can't imagine they wouldn't be. I really like the idea of us just making a greatest hits package of us just pooing on Greg throughout <laughs> past episodes. Hey. Congratulations, Greg. Here you go. Yeah. You mean you mean picking on him, right? Not like mm-hmm. Well, yeah. normally I would say <laughs> on him, but oh, yes. I'm trying to keep this family friendly, so I said oh, pooing Merry on Christmas. him instead. Merry Christmas. Mm. <laughs> Thank you. Merry Christmas. All right. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get this bad boy rolling. Do huh? it! Woo! Yes, that's right. You're back with your ho ho homeboys uh, here on. You should check it out. This is episode seventy two. Coming at you on a Thursday. And uh, it, it's a very special Thursday because it's our own, very own Nick Klein's birthday. Oh, That's thank right, you guys. Oh, thank yes, you so happy much. Happy birthday, Nick! Happy birthday, Nick! Yeah, happy, birthday, Nick. happy birthday, Nick! Okay. Yes, birthday, I always Nick, try Nick. the time. I instead of like using all the technology that's available to me to track your birthday each year, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. to put in a reminder for myself. Instead, each year. It's when is Keith Richards' birthday? Oh, that's the 14th of December. I know mm-hmm. that by heart. Right. And yeah. then I assume it's like two days later. So Close. I thought it was like the 16th. But it's actually 
It's the 17th. So. It's the 17th. Yeah, Thursday. Yeah. Today. Yep. Today. Uh, happy birthday, Nick. Congratulations. Today. Happy Thanks birthday, so buddy. Thank you very much. Yeah, that's mm. right. And this is You Should Check It Out. My name is Jay. And I am Nick. And I'm Greg. And let me tell you, folks, we have a fantastic episode coming at you this week. We got some news. News, boys. Music news. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Bunch of news. Reputable news. We're I'm proud of our sources this week. <laughs> yeah. For real. Yeah. Been we didn't just go field. to uh, to metalheads.net. No. Week. And I, I no. didn't phone it in from Pitchfork. No. Mm-hmm. We got Wait, we got Wait <laughs> Poe, The Guardian, and New York Times. This is great. Although I have to say, Nick, uh, your text message that you sent yesterday directing us to a Hall of Fame of the worst album covers. Yeah, I know. Of all time. Yeah. That was fantastic. <laughs> I, I thoroughly enjoyed going through that. And that's the kind of website you just don't see anymore. I know. It was very GeoCities. Right. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was. I was like, wow, this is all so awful, including Old the school. website. Yes. It was. It was. And yet brilliant. I mean, it's just, you know, just a, yeah, just very simple HTML format. No, no flash Mm-mm. involved. Mm-mm. Nothing. It was just, it was nope. great. Yeah. A little web page counter down there. It was good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Some animated GIFs mm-hmm. on the corner. Mm-hmm. It was great. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. Some frames oh, for good measure if you need. Yeah. Yeah. That seemed like a, seemed like a fun one. If we had a Tumblr. Totally. Tumble the <laughs> shit out of that. What, what were some of your favorite uh, record covers? Well, I can only speak for myself, but my favorite record cover out of that batch was, what's the one? It's like, Kin. It's Kin. By request only. <laughs> Did you see that one? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've seen that one pop up on a couple of different ones, but that's just so brilliant. It's just this picture of this very stony-faced 40-something-year-old man with a bowl cut staring off into the distance. Kin. By request only. <laughs> oh, yeah. There was a, I'll toss it in the uh, I'll toss it in the show notes. There was some some pretty absurd, pretty <laughs> absurd album covers on that one. The Scorpions definitely took the win for the quantity of sheer bad <laughs> album album covers. <laughs> the, it, the whole site is so bad. Uh, I'm back on right now. <laughs> so bad. <laughs> We're gonna lose Nick again. I'm Ken. out. Sorry, guys. <laughs> Jay, well, are well, you Nick- up for, what do you want? What do we got? <laughs> Well, Nick is perusing mm-hmm. the worst album covers of all time. Uh, mm-hmm. I'll try to entertain you by um, talking about the, something that kind of actually hit me by surprise a little bit uh, this past weekend. Heard about the passing of famous country singer Charlie Pride. Charlie Pride. He passed away this past Saturday uh, at the age of 86 from okay. complications from COVID-19. Uh, all right. So, Bummer. Definitely, and uh, if y'all don't know, he's a he's a country musician, uh, was a country musician, and I, I hate to say this, like, but the reason that a lot of people know about Charlie Pride or, or think that he's remarkable is that he was legitimately country music's first African American superstar. Mm-hmm. But I say that hesitantly because that would go against anything that Charlie Pride really ever stood for in his career. If you know anything about the guy, he's he's just a, an exceedingly humble man and uh, never really wanted to let his race be um, the part defining of part, of his, yeah. uh, part of his career. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it hit me pretty hard because I, I love his music. I love his voice. It's incredible. 
Um, so just to get us kicked off, uh, let me play a little bit of classic Charlie Pride. And this is kind of like a, a good taste of a little bit of, of his oeuvre, of mm. what he was about. Mm. Um, you know, just a very humble man. This is a, a, a simple song. It's called I'm Just Me. Also the name of an excellent documentary by uh, uh, the American Masters series on PBS. Oh, okay. Which you guys mm. haven't seen that, you should check it out. Charlie oh. Pride, I'm Just Me. Down at the railroad station There's people getting on Some are going north and some are going south I'm just going to be gone Some people are born to be takers Others just want to give Some people live just to love But I just love to live For I was just born to be Exactly what you see Nothing more or less I'm not the worst or the best I just try to be Exactly what you see Today and every day I'm just me When people say that life is rough, I wonder compared to what? Some are wanting more and more's are getting less. I just want what I've got. Some want to live on a hill, others down by the sea. Some want to live inside high walls. I just want to live free. For well, I was just born to be exactly. There you go, man. Mm. There's some zit, some zen uh, wisdom from yeah. Mr. Charlie Pride. Very mm. optimistic individual this guy was. He was. He was a beautiful mm-hmm. man. Mm-hmm. You guys know anything about him at all? No. No, but that article you sent, that there was that particular paragraph that was talking about kiss an angel good morning, um, mm-hmm. where it talks about the line, kiss, her, kiss an angel good morning and let her know you think about her when you're gone. And it just was saying like, do you, do you got that? Like, show gratitude when you're together and feel gratitude when you're apart. It's pretty simple, right. straightforward, but, like, take that and do it. And it was like, yeah, hell yeah. That's a great, that's that's a great right, takeaway. Man. Country music at its best. <laughs> Speaking plainly. Mm-hmm. This guy was incredible, man. He's uh, one of 11 children. Okay. 11 children and grew up in uh, Sledge, Mississippi in the 30s and 40s. Oh, wow. And, okay. uh, you know, his, his dad was a sh- basically a sharecropper. Yeah, he grew up literally picking cotton in the fields mm-hmm. and uh you know by all accounts had a very hard life his mom bought him a guitar when he was 14 taught himself how to play like to sing but the one thing he really loved to do was play baseball and when he saw uh, jackie robinson get signed for the dodgers and break the color barrier he said that's my way out of this asshole. <laughs> I'm getting out of mississippi i'm gonna go play baseball mm. so he moved to memphis and got signed by a minor league team, the Memphis Red Hawks, Red, Memphis Red Sox, uh, in 1952. And hmm. uh, played for them, was a pitcher, an outfielder, hit like 444 in his rookie year. Like, wow. A really good baseball player. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> um, ended up getting injured and actually got drafted and uh, went and played baseball while he was in the Army. 
uh, was in the army for about 14 months. And afterwards, uh, he developed an injury in his arm and bounced around, played for a couple of different minor league teams, and then eventually played for a couple uh, of the Negro League teams. And uh, in one year, he was actually played in an all-star game where he pitched and batted against like some of like the the major league all-stars like Willie Mays and like some mm. of the big names of, of the Page time. and all those. Yeah. So he was like real deal. Like he was going for it, man. And if it hadn't been for injuries, who knows what would have happened? He met his wife while he was in the army in 1956, who he stayed married to his entire life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, uh, once he got out of the army and got injured, had some trouble, ended up moving to Montana to take a, he, he found a minor league team that was going to take him on, got cut after four games. And he's like, I'm out here in Montana. What the heck am I going to do with my life? So he found a, a, a smelting plant, they, some kind of mining operation out there. Sure. It basically had like its own like independent. It's Montana. League. What are you going to do? Right. What are you going to you do? You got to smelt. <laughs> you can't play ball. You got to smelt. <laughs> if, you, if you ain't mining or smelting. You're doing something wrong. It's on the fly. We're playing baseball, apparently. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah apparently. Big smelt country. Mm-hmm. Smelt uh, here. So, yeah, he, he's out there. He was one of, like, the, the, the manager of this mining operation kept 18 positions open that were just for his baseball team. This guy, <laughs> he's like, yeah, you can smelt. On your, but your real job is here to, to play baseball for my team. Right. So he did that, and... Um, but he got he re-injured his arm, couldn't play, and and started basically singing in the clubs around Missoula, Montana, in the fifties, and uh, kind of got to be kind of a not a local legend, but just kind of getting a name for himself around yeah. then. And uh, one of the big Nashville names, the early country stars, I'm forgetting his name right now, was coming through on a tour through Montana, and he got this chance to meet him, and he did, and he sang for him. The guy's like. Yeah, you're really good. If you ever come to Nashville, look me up. And Charlie Pride's like, heck yeah! <laughs> so, like, a couple of years later, he, he got a chance to go to Nashville and look this guy up. And he's like, hey, let me sing for you. Do you remember me? So, uh, he basically waltzed his way in and, and sang for enough people and was just confident enough that uh, he got a record deal with RCA Records, which is one of the biggest, certainly one of the biggest uh, labels at the time. You know, mm-hmm. they had Elvis mm. and uh, Chet, Chet Atkins was, you know, basically the head of their Nashville division at the time. And, and he heard him and he was like, as soon as he heard his voice, he knew that this guy was going to be a star. And there was that whole color thing that I guess some people would have an issue with. Mm. Chet Atkins was bold enough um, to take him on. Now, unfortunately, when they released his first single, which was uh, Snakes Come Out at Night, they released it to radio DJs around the area without a picture or any kind of bio about Charlie attached. Okay. They knew that Hmm. if people just listened to his voice, they'd be fine. That people would love him. You know, obviously, he's got a great, beautiful baritone voice that just is somehow, like, hopeful and just is just so authentic and just beautiful. It really is an optimism. Yeah. So the only thing mm. that could ever derail this guy is just some like misguided racism if they publish this guy's picture, which is just so unfortunate and sad. Yeah. But that that's the way he he eventually got out there and uh, but man, once he once he got heard by people, it, he just took off and um there's this like kind of tragic bittersweet story about 
you know, so RCA didn't do a whole bunch to kind of tell people anything about this guy, Charlie Pride. You know, yeah. they were just afraid that people would be turned off by the color of his skin. So he goes on his first big tour and he starts playing some of his first big shows. He shows up in Detroit and he's announced to all these people and the crowd's going wild. Here's country Charlie Pride. Woo! <clears throat> he comes out on stage and all the clapping stops. Ooh. Mm. And so he says to them, now friends, I realize it's a little unique me coming out here with a permanent suntan to sing country and western songs to you, but I promise you, if you just let me, I'd like to entertain you. So let's have some fun. Hmm. And he, the band struck up, and that was that. You know, the rest is history. You know, and the, and and honest to God, like you hear accounts from Charlie himself, he's very open about this because that's the first question everybody wants to ask him. You know, mm-hmm. it's like what kind what of was it like? Yeah. What was it like, you know, being the the one black guy in this in this club? And he's like, you know, everyone treated me with a lot of respect. Everyone treated me with a lot of love and a lot of kindness. And he doesn't have anything negative to say about anybody. He doesn't really have anything negative to say about the industry. He doesn't say he was blacklisted. He's just an incredibly positive, yeah. positive guy. And mm-hmm. uh, just a beautiful, sweet soul. And I, I didn't know this. He is the second highest earning performer for RCA Victor Records behind anybody want to take a guess? Hmm. Would, that, would that be Elvis? Elvis. Yeah. It's Elvis and then Charlie Pride. Wow. <laughs> wow. wow. How did you, how how did you first hear, hear about this guy? I mean, I know uh, Kiss an Angel, Good Morning, um, anybody going to San Antonio, like just there's some like, pretty big for, songs. Got just, it. Just, uh, I just know about Charlie Pride. But honestly, he's one of those guys that if I'm being honest with myself, I didn't know that he was black until later in my life. Mm-hmm. I didn't, because I, I didn't, you know, I wasn't YouTube or anything like that, so I didn't know. He was just Charlie yeah. Pride. He was just another country singer. And so I found out later. But yeah. that's kind of the way it should be anyway. Right? Yeah, it's absolutely. Kind of, it's kind of like when I figured out <laughs> Getty Lee was a man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's right. Mm-hmm. That's exactly I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> It was really shocking. It's an exciting day. Yeah. <laughs> But it's okay either way, right? Of course. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the, the voice is a voice. You or know? anytime you see any radio voice, except Kyra's doll, he fits. Kyra's doll exactly fits his, his description. Yep. All the rest of them, voice. not even close. <laughs> so well, that's yeah, cool, man. He, he, he had a great career. Uh, he had 50, 52, five two top 10 country hits and 29 number one singles. Wow. This guy was a big deal. Wow. Incredible talent. Um, not much of a song writer. He was more of kind of an interpreter of, of other people's songs, but, you know, had a, had a way of making them as his own and made fans mm-hmm. all across the, across the world. So, uh, really sad to hear of his passing. And, and the sad part is, is that, you know, there's been some controversy that he, he performed at the CMAs, which we just talked about right uh, a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Um, he performed at the CMAs this year and, uh, uh the controversy is that it seems like that's where he may have contracted COVID, which is incredibly sad and, and, and really tragic. Mm, it's it not, is. there's no way that anybody can ever know that, but, um, yeah. And they, and they responded and just said, like, we honestly followed, followed protocol and, and you know, they, they're not going to comment on it because they've out of respect, but yeah, yeah, that is, that is, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's but tough. I just wanted to bring him up because 
he he seems like the kind of guy he like he wouldn't be the kind of guy that would ever get mad at the CMAs for hosting him or sure. having him there. He, he decided just to go to and, and got and to play. sing a song and exactly. and they were like and it was a lifetime achievement award, right? It was. That's right. Yeah, he got the lifetime achievement award. So he's in the Country Hall of Fame. He's one of three African Americans in the in the Grand Ole Opry. Um, he's in the Country Music Hall of Fame. Had a great career and a beautiful man. So check yeah, him right out. On. Check him out. Yeah, Rest very in peace. cool. Cool. Indeed. Nikki. The birthday. Just boy. Nick. Just Nick. Oh, <laughs> sorry. No, it's Nick, okay. Nick Klein, it is your turn now. <laughs> Thank you. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. You've never called me Nikki. It's it's. Nikki Six. You know, I'm, I fly by the seat of my pants. You never know what's coming out of my you mouth do. next. Mm-hmm. You do. It's only fair. Oh my gosh. I didn't see we that got one a coming. Peak. <laughs> Hmm. Can you can you uh, do you want to cue me in again? Talk on! Uh, oh, I, I got to be more creative next time. Sorry, burritos, <laughs> huh? I said, do you, do you want to cue me in again? I thought that was a perfect intro. Excellent. I'm just gonna pick it right up, <laughs> guys. Hmm. Guys, sir, I tried so hard, but huh? we we didn't. I tried to buy the, the, the Dylan songs. Remember that Dylan was selling his songs? Oh, that's right. Oh, yeah. Remember I, that? You told me that you were you were going in on, all in oh, on was, that auction. Just take it. It was like, we got to make some money coming eventually, I think. So Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Let's just and take I the told proceeds. You just roll the dice, baby. Go for just it. T- just bundle that in. Yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> didn't didn't happen, unfortunately. Mm, um, yeah. It kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Universal music. Did, did, we even, did we even meet the reserve price? I don't. I didn't get a response to any of the emails. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. That's surprising. Um, <laughs> what would Bob Dylan's email be? <laughs> Bob uh, D. Gmail dot com. Oh boy, that will be a future one. No, Bob Dylan sold the rights to all of his songs yes. last sure week. Did. He all sure did. All, including <laughs> Rough and Rowdy Ways. Wow. Yes. All of them. Yeah. Oh, yes, the whole, he did. The whole kit and caboodle. So, what did he get what, for that? Uh, Twenty-five grand, thirty. Uh, it's not published, but then they wrote, "Pretty sure it's three hundred million." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, third that of a billion sense. dollars. Yeah, not too it shabby. does. <sighs> it does, but you. T- I, I don't. How is it that low? To be honest, uh, you know. To be honest with you, I, that struck me as a low figure. Yeah, that's like Bryce Harper's deal for like ten years, right? <laughs> That's right. Yeah, something like yeah. that. That's one way to put it. Yeah, yeah, or like a third of Instagram or some crap. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just like, it come did on. strike. It did strike me as a very low figure. Not a low figure. I mean, three hundred million dollars, three hundred million dollars. But right. I mean, you're talking about the most coveted catalog next to the, like the Beatles yeah. or the Stones. You know, uh, the most coveted catalog in recorded music history, really. But I, I is that. I don't know. This this hit me as like a such a not a Bob Dylan thing to do. But am I totally wrong or off base on that? Like, did this? Were you guys surprised by this at all? I, I nothing about Bob Dylan surprises me. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Because you, you do know, not allow is, yourself this, to be surprised by anything. But this Dylan. is a guy who did a fucking Victoria's Secret commercial a couple of years ago. You know, like that's right. That was hilarious. Though. He <laughs> wasn't was. trying to be. But <laughs> yeah, it, it was. You know, you. As soon as you start trying to figure out the mind of Bob Dylan, you're you're in for a a, a rough couple of nights, you know, because mm. he zigs whenever you want to zag, or you think he just he 
an he enigma. Sold his song. He sold his songs to commercials before in the past. Oh sure. Yeah, he's not above doing that. No licensing, all. but just the entire catalog. That that is surprising because that seems like a very bad business move to me. But at the same time, you could also look at it from a business perspective. This might be the height of whatever. Maybe he's been testing the waters for years now. That's possible. Get. Yeah. Mm. It, it, important to note, it does not include any future recordings, which at least there's a stipulation for that. So he's not totally yeah. signing off. But yeah, I was. I this popped up. Yeah, it was over a week ago, in the New York Times, and I, I read it through and was just like, what? I don't. I don't understand any of this. I, I genuinely don't understand how the price would have that been that it would be just to take all of this music catalog and do whatever you want with it as Universal Music. Now it, it is. It is worth saying that it's not the. Re- recording rights so he can still get royalties from the yeah. playback of the recordings themselves. of his original recordings yeah right but that you know the deal is for the publishing right so it's uh, covers if anybody ever wants to cover them in the future and and I, I believe if you want to use a song in a commercial that's when that money would come in yeah so I mean it's certainly you know it's a it's a it's a golden egg for somebody for mm-hmm. years to come I would imagine but it's yeah. not not all of the money, but it, I, it, I, this is hard for me to say because a lot of this didn't make sense until I read Greg's article that he's about to talk about. Yeah, yeah, I figured it was yeah might tie in nicely. Well, so that was my yeah that was my mid segment topic, <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh, but I also have some I also have some some music to play for you guys if we could. Yeah. Ooh, ooh. Um, the this guy I don't know this. Have you guys heard of this Hamilton Lighthouser? I no. I honestly have never heard that name before. I, I hadn't Hamilton either. Hamilton Lighthouser. Nope. Came up today, working, listening to music, and just on a random shuffle. No, Katie played it. It was just oh. just popped it up and was like, "What the heck is this?" Because um, it was kind of like Cohen at first, and then kind of turns into Dylan. I don't know. Maybe it's worth checking out. We'll see. Yeah. But this is off of uh, an album that came out back, back in March, I think, called Here, and the song is called Here They Come. Cool. Pull that joint. The lights are coming on And all your candy's gone Spinning through the previews Flipping through the seats Popcorn in your loafers Sugar in your teeth You say The lovers in your to you more You can tell that To the usher Showing you the door All the lights are on And all my candy's gone say it but uh mr hamilton lighthouser could learn something from mr charlie pride 
Yeah. Uh, get to that co- get to that chorus before one thirty. Mm. Yeah, I, I, I like the, I, I kind of like the Leonard Cohen intro. No, it's it's a really cool song, man. Takes you for, and then all of a sudden you're in this different direction, and it's like, oh, now we're in a Dylan song. Okay, cool. I'm down. Yeah. yeah. No, that I, was I thoroughly really, really neat. Yeah, check some of his stuff out. He's got some crazy plays on the Spotify. Does he? Like his uh, most popular song, 38 million listens. Hmm. Okay. Maybe he was on a okay. show well, or something. What would that net him? Ah, well, so yeah so <laughs> listen well so obviously streaming is how we listen to our music yeah right clearly clearly mm-hmm. and that's fine and but obviously there are some new problems that come along with it we've talked about it on the show i'm mm-hmm. sure if you're if you are a musician you know i mean what really how do we navigate through this because it's not paying the artist directly anymore is it there's this strange maze of like a money maze yeah going on over there shared pool of money system yeah what's what's did you uncover what what are we what are we talking about well so what i'm talking about is uh some respected older musicians who have come forth uh this last week including nile rogers um Mm -hmm. in a virtual um uh, conference with like uh with parliament with uh, the uk parliament Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. where he just he asked the record labels to be clearer about streaming incomes because he real he he couldn't get a straight answer to this question: What is a stream worth? Right. Yep. Right. And so seems like a simple question. It Should seems be. like it, but and you know in, in digging it up, it's like they, they they qualify a stream as a sale as opposed to like a play. Mm. Mm-hmm. Which was different, you know, in, in radio, a, a play was handled differently than a sale would be. You know, in yeah, the sure. So, in any case, it, because they're counted as sales, it gives the, the record companies the control to then allot the money from that sale to the artist. And they keep as much of like 82% of it in times, mm. you know. So, that's, right. if you, that's if you go onto, if you go onto your platform of choice and buy the song or album. No, it's, I'm talking about a stream is considered a sale. In a str- some, okay, so a play. Yeah. Okay, got it, got it, got right. it. Right, so that's one of the problems. Yeah. Is that in the yeah, fine that seems print? Like, that seems like a very arbitrary distinction that plays in the, pardon the pun, it plays in the record company's favor. Mm-hmm. Yes, and it, right. it, I think that they've, they've set it up that way on purpose, mm-hmm. you know, to maintain, you know. So that for the control and obviously for the the lion's share, which they get to keep. So uh, Nile Rogers went and spoke to um, to Parliament about it. J- Jimmy Page also was out talking about it. Yeah. He was compelled to like write a letter to um, it says uh, last month's Digital Culture Media and Support Committee inquiry into streaming services, and so he he put up a post on Instagram. You can see it if you follow him on Instagram, Jimmy Page. But he says, uh, you know, I fully appreciate the dilemma surrounding streaming royalties that should be rightfully paid to all musicians and writers who made the music. The sooner the streaming companies can make fair payments to all musicians whose music is played on or viewed via the internet and to pay fair royalties to those who give us great pleasure from those who are exploiting it, the better. Anyway, so it's been interesting to see these guys coming (laughs) out. Yeah. That seems to me like the most milquetoast British way of saying 
please, please give us some more money, please. <laughs> please give us more. <laughs> like, come on, Jimmy Page. Like, step come on, up man. And play. Yeah. Come on, man. Some active voice in there. <laughs> right. <laughs> it would be nice if it we could be, be nice. It's a bit please. roundabout. Yeah. And then you know you mentioned you mentioned uh, Dylan selling his uh, catalog, but uh, David Crosby as well, right? He's he sold his um I think just to well, he, survive. Yeah, he mentioned in the in the wake of Dylan selling his catalog, David Crosby said, "Well, since the royalties from streaming since I'm not making anything from streaming these days, maybe that's the only way to make money in the industry in, anymore." Mm. And all yeah. of a sudden once I saw that, it was it like, clicked. "Oh, maybe is it that bad that a guy like Bob Dylan is willing to cash in just say, "Hey, just give me I, I, I'm I'm clearly not making enough from Spotify or any of these streaming services. Let me just get a, you know, it's like getting the bulk payout from the lottery instead yeah. of you know getting the the monthly or the the yearly payouts. Yeah, I got it's it's hard to believe that it's that bad, but I mean maybe that's why. Well, he says you know I'm I can't work. Uh, I have a family and a mortgage, and I have to take care of them, so it's my only option. Jeez, you know, I don't know. I mean. Well, streaming that's does- sad. That's that's free. That's that's a that's a broken system, man. Of course, you know David Crosby is it can't make enough money to feed his family from yeah. his catalog. That's sad. Yeah. Well, but it's it makes sense if the streaming isn't paying. I mean, he can't play any gigs. The oh no, absolutely. No, I get. It. I, I, think I get the it. gigs. Just I think the gigs are the key. Because yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. Nobody. They weren't complaining about this as much until the gigs went away. Mm-hmm. That is true. Yep. Yeah, yep. absolutely. Because that um, was the source of income. Oh, and I mean, even now, Roger says it in his, um, you know, he's like, well, not being able to, you know, I, I wasn't even keeping that close of an eye be- because my operation was being funded by my tours. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, yeah. and so I was, yeah. you know, that was just like extra stuff over here, like another stream. But then all of a yeah. sudden the turn goes away. You start to zoom in and you're like, wait, wait, wait a minute. Where else am I getting money from? What about this? How much money? <laughs> Why mm-hmm. is it so small? <laughs> yeah. You know? Right, right. Millions of plays. How much have I gotten? Right. That's it? Yeah. Um, what? That's it? But, uh, you know, if, if anybody has any thoughts on that. I don't know. I mean, how do you start establishing a fair price for a, a, a play, a stream? I don't know. Yeah, we like, have. We I, have that. I, I don't even know how you do that. It hmm. comes down to the the cost of the the cost of the subscription, really, right? I mean, because essentially, what 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 these services are saying is, okay, here's how much we're taking in, mm-hmm. and then they're trying to come up with a fair way to distribute. They can't they can't assign a dollar amount because if if a particular song, if somebody that's a subscriber listens to a particular song a thousand times in a month then the one penny per stream like that's 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 that that's four times their subscription amount mm-hmm. right right so right. And, and if you take that and, and make it exponentially worse by you know shared accounts and also people you know a, a, a store having an account that plays the same playlist day in and day out right you know right. that's just essentially looping through the same songs it, yeah it's super complicated well but yeah but it doesn't seem to be as complicated for like Netflix or any you know it's just in music Net- streaming. Netflix buys the rights to distribute pre, you know, stuff by done done by other uh, production houses. They buy the rights to do that, right? Yeah, but, but they make their own as well. Th- th- they do. Yeah, they do. But the but they also have put a ton more money and resources into their own content. Like that's mm-hmm. their end game. Is is, right. is is it's 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 Netflix content. But they pay for the but rights to stream them. Yes. Yeah. They do. 
that it's pre-negotiated yeah. rates that they they pay to these companies to license the the big yeah. budget films, right? But they don't pay but per stream. They, they, they pay, do not pay per stream. They pay to have it on their platform right. for right. An, a period of time. They so make a maybe, deal. But, but I'm just saying, like maybe that that model could be adapted to the musical streaming. Yeah, that would involve Spotify paying more for the rights to pay for yes to, for these albums. Right, and that would and th- that, yeah. that would result in the record labels not giving them and away. You can't, for, you you can't know? watch Netflix for free. That's true, and you can well, nobody, stream Spotify right for free. Yeah, yeah, with commercials. With yeah, commercials, with commercials right. at a lower bit rate. Yeah, I don't pay for right, Spotify. Right, but let, let's reel it back to like the base premise here. Spotify is paying record labels for the rights to play these songs the same yes. way that Netflix is paying big, you know, Hollywood production yeah, houses, movie or? production studios movie production studios for the rights to play these movies, right? The the concept is really the same. Yeah. But it's the payout yes. to the artists who are producing right. the content that, mm-hmm. and, that we're talking about. And that yeah, and that goes back to, again to Nile Rogers saying it's not the, the the streaming itself is great. We love we you know, as artists it's great that we can have our stuff distributed so beautifully. Mm-hmm. But right. it's yeah, right. but it's the labels that are making it so that the artists well, are barely getting paid at all for it, and so and, right. and, th- and think about this: what what would end up happening in that case where you where because essentially you're not talking about them negotiating for it's not like Netflix is going to Warner and saying all of your movies now are on Netflix for a specific period of time. It's a per mo- movie basis or a per television series basis. Mm. So it it. it, mm. it in some cases, I think that's right. In, in, but in other cases, I think it's a it's a bulk package. But regardless, I'm sorry. The nature of the agreements that they make, it's, as far as I understand, is uh, is now they might usually what happens is this it, from again from what I understand, they really they they're coming in asking for the rights to stream a specific series or or maybe a collection of movies. Oftentimes, those the movie studios will ask them to go ahead and bundle in a bunch of the rest of them, but mm-hmm. I think that has to do with their licensing agreements and the legalities that kind of filter down from there with with all of the the cable subscription services. But if you have a streaming service negotiating for individual artists, right? I mean, what we're really talking about is cutting out record labels. Uh, would be would be one way that this could be this could be fairly handled like if it was negotiated on a on a per artist basis or if everybody had like a a bottom of the line you come in at this you know uh tenth of a tenth of a cent per street whatever the heck that first value would be um to get your uh, i'm just talking yeah yeah uh, yeah you're talking about a direct agreement between spotify say and and an artist i i mean how do how do you payment. avoid? How do you avoid Spotify just being like the top, the top of the charts is all, the only music you can find there, as opposed to like this back catalog of all of this all of this music that that again you know it's it's it's, it's, it, it's, it, it's really it's super sticky, man. But it to me just from what we've discussed tonight and my limited understanding of what's going on, like it seems to me like the agreements that were made between Spotify or whatever. I'm just using Spotify as a blanket for all streaming service whatever streaming service and a record label label for the rights to play those songs it seems like those were set too low yes and no one's no one is in any neither spotify nor the record labels want to renegotiate those right now Mm -hmm. on behalf of the artists 
because a couple artists are complaining, right? Yeah. And again, they're both profiting and and doing quite well. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, not only that, but it just, in some way, you do have to be able to measure what a stream is worth. Yes. Whether whether or not it is like an actual amount that we, you know, because how the hell can you, you know, again, going back to Nile Rogers, he's like, I just need to know so I can sit down with my accountant and problem solve. And, but I, but mm-hmm. they can't tell me. They can't tell well, it me what's me wonder- worth. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's unbelievable, kind of. It is. Uh, but on the, on the other hand, like, look at a, again, to go back to Netflix, let's say you have like a, you know, Netflix play, pays a third-party production company for a small-budget film that for some reason goes viral. So they mm-hmm. let's say they pay, you know, $2 million for this thing, right? And no one expected it to go viral, but for some unknown reason it does, and it becomes the number two trending movie in all of Netflix, mm-hmm. right? That's kind of somebody's loss, right? That's probably the, the movie studio's loss. Awarded, yeah, the, whoever got the $2 million. And they're not going to go back there and give them more money because they're just getting a bunch of clicks now. Netflix right. is not going to go back and give them more money because they're getting more clicks. Right. But the, but the studio at least got that two mil up front. You know they did. And and but and, think- and with the risk that yeah maybe if it does you know and that's just in any kind of business you know even in right. But I feel like that's the situation the record labels are in now. The artists are now realizing the value of these. Yes. Seeing how Hamilton freaking Lighthouser is getting 38 million plays right. for his top well, they're song. Not, there's nowhere else you know. that people are going to get it. So, but, right, but, right. But, you're, but that still doesn't answer the question of what's the value of a stream. I no, mean, because that's, that's, that's a, right? Because that's, that's, that's a negotiated rate to basically have it and however many times it gets streamed, that's, you know, right. it doesn't matter. Well, you the, divide, you do it, the math, it, but. An artist like Nile Rodgers or anybody is obviously going to want to say, hey, my song got 38 million views. What is that worth per stream? Obviously, an artist is going to want to see it that way. Mm-hmm. But I don't know that the that the agreements as they exist now, they don't they don't factor in the number of plays. You're, right you're absolutely right. To- the system is broken as of right now. But is there any I mean, in that, and again, I'm not I'm not disagreeing. I'm just saying. Right. You either do need to figure out what the cost per stream is so that people can actually get paid based on, you know, some shared revenue model with with essentially the streaming services or everything becomes this negotiated. You negotiate your own deal um, or the label does it on your behalf and you you renegotiate with your label to get better terms. I think the label's position is we'll take care of distribution and and you make your money on your on the tour. And what this has just been a particularly terrible yeah. year for that. Is that yeah. right? Is yeah. that? But what's but what's right, that, like what, what's the label doing if the distribution is just like handing Spotify I, an MP3? That's a great. That's a great <laughs> question. Great. I, I, that's They're why not I doing said, anything. Isn't and, this? Isn't the solution really to get rid of the middleman, which yes, is the label? In this exactly. Case? And that's but that's what he's saying all along. He's like the the it's the label. It's not. We're not anti-streaming. It's mm-hmm. the, but we're anti these deals because. Right, yeah. Yeah, and because it's described as a sale and not of a play, it's like it, it be, it's the right it automatic automatically gets put into the record company into the label. Yeah, yeah. The artist so, gets eighteen percent yeah. essentially. In some cases, um, yeah. As that, that was like the worst example, but it, but it's one that was came that came up in this meeting. Well, then so, I, you know. I think that the the best case scenario then would be if more artists, big name artists like Jimmy Page, Nile Rogers, and hopefully some others, come out. 
and really are railing against this hard and got you know maybe it's silver lining for these big name artists not touring you know mm-hmm. that it shines a light on this stuff maybe there will be some maybe that's the kind of change that we're going to see you know is more direct le- relationships that I, uh, yeah I my, I, i've honestly been I think I think some sort of episode in the future about what the hell a label does anymore. Or yeah, I I think what I was trying to say was I hope it shines a light and puts more honest on the record labels to provide a value, yeah. to provide to to prove their worth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you know when you think when we think back, um, one of the very first episodes we did, we talked about that fire, you know, the Universal. Fire. Mm-hmm. It's like mm-hmm. there's yeah. just there's just so much like negligence. You know, it's like like really like <laughs> like at this point, all you have to do is just protect these tapes. <laughs> just don't and let the building burn down. Just don't let the building burn down. They still like these. They're so incompetent. It's amazing. You yeah. know, I think like the masters of Nevermind were burned in that in that fire, dude. Uh, you know what I mean? It's like sickening. And and like and then and they're making all of the money off of it. And yeah. they burned it. Yeah. Clearly, yeah. it's amazing. Jeez, yeah. So maybe the responsibilities of a label have become so much smaller in the streaming age mm-hmm. that it's possible now that it's expected for the artist to take on that responsibility themselves and represent themselves. Yeah, well, in I some think cases. you see that more. Yeah, I don't know if it's I have, expected definitely. yet, but I think it's. I think it's definitely becoming more. Again, I go back to guys like Jason Isbell, Sturgill Simpson, those mm-hmm. guys. They're just like, screw it. I don't. I don't need a label to for yeah. me to promote my music right. and produce Took my music. Took me a weekend you know? to figure out how to get this crap onto onto Spotify. I'm good now. <laughs> you know, right. like I know mastering engineers. I can take care of that. I don't need packaging anymore, exactly. really. And if I mm-hmm. do, I can find somebody online that can do that. I can take care of marketing myself. I don't need this crap. Yeah, it's so like I think the, we're the see DIY. More now. Yeah, the DIY thing is definitely a little bit more. You, you see, yep. do it yourself and direct to cons- direct to listener. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's it, it's definitely a model that we we've seen yeah in country in metal. Um, yeah, you know, you oh, see yeah. a lot yeah, of that. Huge. You've been and hip hop, hip hop too. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. So yeah, and then like you know the punk like Fugazi ethic. Yeah, kind of mm-hmm. yeah ethos. Yeah, I well, say, it's cool come, to see back. that. Also, it's Zappa. cool to see that ethic now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yes, exactly. Yes, there we go. <laughs> so you know, anyway, it it seems like it seems like that might be the way. Yeah, but I hope so, man. I just you know it's it, it's 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 sad to hear the, these like people who are, you know, hit songwriters. Are, I mean, it's not sad that they're they have a side gig and they're like driving an Uber and everyone's like trying to make it like oh these poor people these poor people have to drive an Uber you know but it's like we you know we in this day and age you have to have you have to have a side hustle in uh, you know the one percent. Well, of, I mean, well, I, honestly though, honestly, even without labels. The question remains: What do I get for a stream? And that question still hasn't been answered. That's true. Like that's what, true. What Even if does, you do have a and, direct relationship with Spotify, what does that stream? What get am you? I getting every time I? If I see that my song's been played ten million times, yeah. and I have a check for one hundred and fifty dollars. What the hell just happened? You know. Well, but um, even yeah, even even then, you or can whatever say that, like, whatever that is. I don't know what but the, you, do, you do have an answer for how much a stream is worth then. <laughs> you just divide just it. <laughs> yeah, it's Jack. But uh, at least you know. Yeah, right. that's no, and that's that, that's where I think he was. That's what I think he was saying. He's like, it was just, it's just too elusive. Um, but that's that's such a hard road to hoe because. 
what are you going to say? Like, if you're not getting, if you're not happy with the payout from Spotify, good luck getting Spotify to raise the rates on their, yeah, you know. I mean, at least if you're if you're the one publishing it, you can also be the one to take it out. That's true. And and you know what whatever yeah. the uh, the I, I'm sure there's plenty of artists that would that would you know be willing to raise a stink on social media and, oh. and get their fans to Taylor. raise stinks for them and yeah. oh what is what's up with taylor what's up well, t- well i mean <laughs> yeah tay tay i mean you know taylor swift you know are, we're such big fans of her here here on the end yeah. you should check it out um, this week on tay tay today tay tay today yeah <laughs> well she um we need a tay tay today stinger oh yeah like like get to work on that greg <laughs> yeah, something like that. Um, anyway, uh, but <laughs> she um, was uh, an opponent of Spotify for a while there. It's her mm-hmm. catalog's yeah. on there now. But uh, the reason I bring her up though is I ha- so I have this uh, teenager uh, online guitar student who sometimes can be a little bit of a grumpy mood, and other times she's very excited. <laughs> a about teenager? Stuff. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, and she was like a, t- a teenager during COVID, <laughs> bouncing <laughs> off the walls. Um, so she was, I was like, hey, "How's your week?" She's like, "Well, yesterday was very eventful," and I was like, "Really? How so?" She was like, "Taylor Swift came out with an album last night. She didn't tell anybody she was gonna do it. She's such a genius! Oh my god!" <laughs> and I was like, "And so we got to work on one of the tunes from it." But um, there's Tay Tay again, man. Yeah, she's two working, albums, man. One year. Two albums, yeah. one year. Loving and it's just like a sister album to her, the other one that we talked to about. Folklore, yeah, right? Evermore. Folk- yep. <laughs> anyway, so the guy, hats off to you, Miss Swift. And she's doing all this while re-recording all her, her entire catalog. Yeah, she's yeah. keeping busy, man. Holy Ooh. crap. I mean, yeah. she, she goes at it from the opposite angle. You know, instead of trying to get more money from her streams, she just tries to get more streams. Right, and that uh-huh. that is a definitely another approach, um, <laughs> ca- like catalog, yeah. catalog. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> plus, she, can, plus, she renegotiated her rates with Spotify. Right. Yes. She got she got away she with it. Also, yeah. She's also in a position to tell people to kiss her ass. So yes. yes. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I've seen some bands that definitely lean on that. Just put as much stuff out there as you can, and just hope for. Yeah. You never know. I mean, like if, if you have five hundred songs out there, it's it's more likely that you'll get a sync. You know that like yeah. that 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 it'll someone will buy it for their show or license it for this or whatever. You know. Right. So, but I mean, when you take a step back and think about it, that is a tough argument. Shut up and just keep making make more. Oh make my more. god! Yeah. Make more. That's, make what more. The, that's what literally what the Spotify CEO said a few couple months ago. Mm-hmm. Really. Don't you remember that? He was said, um, yeah. I mean, you can look up the quote. It was definitely passed around a lot. Um, he said something like, any any artist who puts out an album every three or four years is going to need to step it up. To, you know what I'm saying? Wow. He, he said something like that. You can't that. record every three to four years. Yes, exactly. Jeez. And expect You can't record every three to four years and think that's going to be enough. Exactly. Well, I was certainly saying that tongue-in-cheek. You know, I, I, I don't think that that's a sound business strategy to just increase your quantity of output oh that, you didn't propose that no i, I just it, but it's a tough sell anyway it yeah. is yeah 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 well but i uh, figure if we just keep if we just keep cranking out episodes guys yeah that's why we do this days people. we're gonna totally. hit an episode that people really resonates with people 72 is kind of a magic shit. 72 is kind of a magic number you guys yeah it is a good number that was a great year 1972 mm. yeah 
1872 wasn't half bad either. What really? What happened? Uh, something about Otto von Bismarck. There's a consolidation of the German Empire and that kind of stuff. But, oh uh, yeah, that. Oh, that I'm was 27. Fun. Good times. 20, <laughs> 2072, I think is gonna oh. hold some pretty good stuff too. Good nice. year. Ooh, I like it. From what I've heard. From what I've heard. Okay. You know, source sources tell me 2072. Well, Nostradamus out, Rossman over here. Huh? Look out for that one. Oh right. no. <laughs> <laughs> Nostradamus. <laughs> Nostrosmus. 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 I love it. Uh, yeah. Well, um, can I play us out? What? Mm. What do you think? Sure. Yeah? Do we have anything else yeah. to say here? We're coming up, on. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I don't. No? But Not tune really. in next week, guys. It's our Christmas extravaganza. <laughs> we'll be giving some gifts. We had some, uh, you know, star-studded, uh, yeah, some special guests that are going to be coming in. The Hollywood Walk of Fame. But Greg's oh. been combing through his uh, contacts list yep. on his phone, trying oh, to get yeah. all the stars. Oh, yeah. Ro- look at that Rolodex. Uh, I got a it lot of maybes. Right. <laughs> recently sifted through. <laughs> we'll be playing of some of our Christmas and holiday favorites. You know, so keep uh, you know, keep it, keep your eyes out for that. And uh, oh yeah, again, happy birthday, Nick. Oh, thank and, you, sir. Uh, yes. Greg, Saint Nick. What you got for us this week, buddy? Oh man, well, I, I just I, I I went down the old uh, the old King Crimson uh, yeah the uh, vortex and uh, ah. one and ended up playing the album Discipline. And when it, oh, I love I love the. That was I mean, a great one. Frame by frame is on that record, and that's mm-hmm. such a killer song. And I was I've been working a lot on my technique, especially during COVID, but over the past couple of years on guitar. And I was like, I wonder if I can play that now. The, the there's mm-hmm. a there's a bit there where basically Robert Fripp is just playing this sixteenth note pattern, and it goes like yeah, it's just and he's just playing it over and over. And he just doesn't stop. And I was like, I maybe I can play that now. I haven't tried it since in years, you know. Can't do it. Can't do it. No. No. It's impossible. It's like he's like this seven-year-old guy. He's doing it like no problem. Like I don't get it. You're not in the new standard tuning, buddy. That might be it. Is that, is that what it is? <laughs> I don't Do you know. pull up any videos? I don't know. It's that's that's usually where I go to whenever I can't figure out a lick. Yeah, the like, well, tuning's I don't different. have the right tuning. Tuning's yeah. different. I'm not, not playing through a PAF at 59 Los, Les Paul, so clearly I can't. Right, even, right. Yeah. It's unachievable. <laughs> yeah. Plus it's, that, it's that rolling guitar, so it's he's only hitting half the notes. Anyway, yeah. So. That's right. <laughs> Delay, baby. <laughs> it's that arpeggio yeah. setting. So anyway, give, give, give this a listen. Find us online. Yeah. You should check it out. dot com, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter uh-huh, at ShitCheck, uh-huh. YSCIO podcast at gmail. dot com. Send us an email. You know leave us a review and come back next week. Tell Boom. a friend. Yeah, baby. Yeah, baby. Well, thank you, gents. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, until next week. This yes. is some King Crimson. Peace. Peace. <laughs> <laughs>